0: and now, here are your hosts, Rochelle Vanderzanden and Corey Janoff. Welcome back to Financial Clarity for Doctors, everyone. This is Rochelle Vanderzanden here with Corey Janoff. Hey, yo. Yep. And we are heading into the holidays. It's really exciting. I think for most people, it's a, a fairly joyful time, but then there can be a combo of stress with family stuff and cold and flu season and gift giving and anxiety about gift giving and all of those kinds of things, or maybe that's just me. But (laughs) on top of that, I think a lot of people have some real financial stress right now. And Like not everyone. I think some people are fortunate that you just don't have to worry about it at all. But inflation has been quite high for a while. We're still adjusting to the new prices. It's not as bad now, but the prices have increased a lot. And then on top of that, a lot of folks have student loan payments resuming, which can feel a little bit overwhelming when You haven't had to do that for three and a half years. So that can be a big adjustment potentially. So this will have a big impact on cash flow if you're experiencing all of those things. And we really don't want gift giving and the holidays and things like that to be stressful because of money, or there shouldn't be extra stress because of money. It like should kind of be what it is. And I think that if we approach gift giving in a really thoughtful way, hopefully it doesn't contribute to that financial stress. Hopefully we can kind of mitigate that a little bit. So today we're going to talk through some ideas. We've done a a holiday episode in the past. I think we're going to get into a little bit more today and also talk about charitable giving for those of you who are not feeling too crunched financially and and really want that to be a part of your plan. So to start, I think we're going to talk about the gifts because, I don't know, Maybe it's a little more fun, <laughs> and then we'll talk a little bit about charitable giving as well.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, we'll kind of break it down by who we're giving stuff to. But regardless, if we're exchanging gifts, because that's generally what adults do, it's not a one-way uh, gift deal. Um, sometimes, but yeah, I think the biggest thing is is establishing reasonable expectations. You know, we've done an episode in the past about. Reality minus expectations equals satisfaction. You know, if you ex- expect an awesome gift, but you get a not so awesome gift, you're disappointed. <laughs> but if you expect a, a not so awesome gift and you get a okay gift, you're like, all right, that was better than I expected. You're, maybe you're maybe
0: extravagant versus modest. Is a <laughs> Hopefully, your gift is awesome no matter what the size or like shape or whatever it is. But
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, like if you're, you know, exchanging gifts with your family and you all and, and you think everyone's gonna spend a hundred dollars on the other person and you get a twenty dollar gift, but you spent a hundred and twenty on your sibling, like, all right, you're kind of feeling like you got the the short straw in that arrangement. You know, you gave a nicer gift than you received. Um, so. You know, talk with your family talk with your friends are we exchanging gifts if so how much do we want to spend either set a price limit or a thing limit quantity you know if it's with kids too like hey we're, we're not getting more than three toys for for the kids all right i don't want 30 new toys that i'm gonna step on and slip on and be annoyed with in our house so and throw yeah, away in a month yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah we we don't have any hard and fast rules for you you know to each their own um but but i think coming to setting those expectations is is helpful to you know one avoid conflicts and and also keep the the monetary costs in check as well and then hopefully just eliminate stress you kind of you kind of know what what to expect and what what's expected of you just as importantly
0: yeah and i think the other thing is that it's important to know that you can adjust those expectations over time because sometimes it spirals out of control. Like everyone every year is trying to like one up the other person. Like, oh, they got me such a nice gift last year. I'm gonna get them an even better gift this year. And then you can really create some some outsized expectations that maybe you wanna moderate at some point. And and it doesn't even have to be about money. Sometimes it's just like, okay, there's 20 people in my extended family that I have now felt obligated to buy presents for, and that's a big time commitment to like thoughtfully try to pick out presents for 20 different people, even if it's a $20 gift, like that, just the, the time commitment itself can be fairly overwhelming. So sometimes we need to make some adjustments And I think that this happened early on in my marriage where my husband honestly doesn't really think about buying gifts for his family. Like that's just not a thing that he's ever really thought about. I think it's partially because he's the youngest in the family. Like he was always just the one receiving gifts and didn't really worry about giving gifts too much. And so then when I came in, it was like everyone was getting gifts and like he didn't bring anything to the table. And I was like, we got to step up our game. We need to... Bring gifts for everyone and just make this happen. And then I put all of that stress on myself to pick presents for every single one of his family members because he just wasn't gonna do it. And and it felt like an obligation, not like a fun thing, which is not where you wanna be in the holidays. And and honestly, I got to the point where I was like, if he doesn't feel an obligation to do this, why should I? And also, why are people giving us all of these presents that we don't really need and maybe even want? Like, I hope that they never listen to this. But I literally would go through presents when we brought them all home. And I would have a big box of things that I just didn't want in our house immediately. It wasn't even like I I kept them for six months and then got rid of them they immediately went into a box of like we don't need this and sometimes I would save them and it would be like my white elephant present for next year for my family it would be like this funny little <laughs> like family reject box of like just all these little kitschy things that we didn't need in our house and so that felt like clutter to me And so eventually, we kind of had a conversation with his family about moderating the gift giving in general. Like, we don't need all of this stuff. I don't want you all to feel like you're obligated to buy us presents. I think that if we want to give some presents thoughtfully and like do that out of, you know, some love and kindness for our family, that's awesome. But please don't feel obligated to give us presents We're not going to necessarily like bring presents for every person every year. Let's just let this be a little bit more casual and a little bit less stressful. And it's better. It's a lot better than it used to be.
1: Yeah. Like maybe Rochelle and I are probably on the same boat here. Like if there's something we want or need, we buy it for ourselves Mm -hmm. throughout the year. So like come the holidays, we don't really need a ton of stuff. Granted, there are some things like, you know, I need a new pair of, of ski pants and you know, my dad, through his job that he has, can get a discount on a certain kind that I like. Um, you know, so it's like, all right, well I'll get you that for, for your holiday gift. And it's like great, you know, we kinda of pick each, like we ask each other what what do we what do you need? Like, what's what's useful? a practical gift for you? Which some people, like myself, enjoy practical gifts and, and want to give practical gifts. Gifts, but I remember one time, uh, my parents were telling a story early in their relationship. Um, my dad got a refrigerator for my mom for a, a birthday or holiday or whatever because she was saying they needed a new fridge or wanted a new fridge. And I guess my mom wasn't pleased with that because she wanted like a gift that was more fun and thoughtful than a practical <laughs> refrigerator that they were
0: gonna buy anyway, Probably. realistically. <laughs>
1: So like, again, yeah. Expectations. Um, yes. But, uh, you know, or, or, you know, the white, I like the white elephant, especially like with your family size, Rochelle, like it's, it's kind of crazy for everyone to get everyone else gifts. Just, you know, the time, the cost, the accounting, like you need spreadsheets to keep track of everything where, you know, it's like, all right, everyone, you know, get, you know, one or two or three things, bring it, we'll throw it in the pot and it'll be just the fun white elephant thing. Um, a good one for friends too if you're if you're exchanging gifts with friends which I don't really do a whole lot of friends gifting um like every once in a while if I see something that I think's cool that a friend will like maybe I'll get it for them but I don't expect something in return. I know Lindsay with one of her friends um they 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 were getting together for one of their birthdays and um and Lindsay's like, Oh, I need to bring something. I'm like, What you guys are grown ups, you don't need to bring anything. She's like, No, I have to get her something. It's her birthday. And she went and got like a small little house plant. Was, I don't know, twenty bucks for oh, this sweet. little you know, succulent or something. And then on Lindsay's birthday, her friend got her a houseplant and they're like, Great, let's just exchange houseplants for our birthdays moving forward and we'll accumulate houseplants. Um so that's you know, it's inexpensive, it's fun for them, but it's you know, they they kinda know what the expectation is now moving forward um
0: that's a great idea i think you know with friends it kind of depends on your friend group a little bit but i i love that strategy of just you know if if you want to buy presents for friends if you see something that really makes you think of a friend that's just like oh man this person would love that maybe you just buy it for them and then you have it and you could either gift it to them just spontaneously, like, hey, I was on a trip and I saw this and it made me think of you. Or you could save it for a special occasion. But I think that's how my friend group tends to work. It's like, oh, I saw this, I thought of you, I bought it. Maybe we save it for a birthday or whatever. But there's no expectation that we have presents. There's no expectation of giving or receiving. And when you do get something or give something, it's usually pretty thoughtful for that reason. Because I think when we're creating an obligation to give gifts, sometimes we have a hard time being thoughtful because it's not like we have all the time in the world to just look around at all the shops to see something that you think they would really love. And then you end up buying things that, you know, maybe no one really wants or needs, honestly.
1: But it is a slippery slope because if you start with just doing kind of the random, spontaneous, thoughtful gifts, if it becomes more consistent then it almost turns into an obligation Mm -hmm. so that's where the communication is key with any relationship communicate 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 over communicate if you have to but make Mm -hmm. sure everyone knows what the expectations are what the wants and needs are um you know and if we're doing if you're doing like holiday get togethers with friends with kids you know it's, all right, are we doing gifts or we're we not doing gifts? What's like white elephant, something for everyone. You know, if you're getting a handful of families together and everyone has a few kids, like that's a lot of gifts that you could be getting kids. So maybe we just do like, all right, let's just buy, you know, some chocolates or candies that the kids can all, you know, have or something like that so that it's not, uh, overwhelming for anyone involved. Mm-hmm
0: yeah or like a new game that they can open up together and like all play like there's lots of little things that you can think about doing but i think kids are an interesting part of this because i think they are the ones that we think of as this you know christmas especially being four you know there's this certain amount of magic that's really exciting my daughter actually thinks that the holiday season basically starts mid-october because that's when her birthday is and she just takes it straight through and loves every second of it, especially Halloween, but then she loves all the rest of the holidays also. So it's a it's a big deal here. And we've had a hard time kind of keeping expectations reasonable because she's so easy to buy for. Like she loves everything that you give her. and She's such a like happy recipient of gifts that it makes you want to give her more gifts. <laughs> but we also, you know, we talk a lot about like we don't need a lot of things to be happy, you know, and and that's like an expectation that I really want her to internalize a little bit, just so that she knows she doesn't have to have a lot of stuff to be happy. And also, I hate stepping on the toys too, Corey, and I, <laughs> all the little toys that just go in the trash. Like three months later, drive me crazy. So Did she at least defin- pick
1: up her toys, though. No, no, yeah, I mean okay.
0: Maybe once every two weeks her room is clean and it's like we have to give her a little extra motivation. I guess once in a while she keeps on top of it for like a week. But our problem is definitely Legos right now, which she will take out and play with and then she's continuously playing with them it's like mom i'm not done yet mom i'm not done yet because she's continuously playing with them which is a great excuse to not put them away ever so there's that but
1: and then they end up in different rooms in the house because they're continuously playing with them no in whatever room they go to
0: <laughs> no it doesn't happen in our house because oh, good. the dogs will eat stuff Ooh. so she has a very big incentive to keep the mess in her room at least which is great
1: that's what we need to do. Caddy, can you start eating the kids' toys so they put them away, maybe? <laughs> She's right below my desk right now she, yeah. with a sock in her mouth. She doesn't you eat the eat socks. She just carries the socks as like a pacifier to get attention.
0: Yeah, Maple does that too. Man, puppies. Yeah, but I think you know setting reasonable expectations early with kids is really good. Like When they're little, they don't have high expectations. They have no idea what to expect. So if you don't overwhelm them with presents early – then you know you can create a more reasonable expectation. The last thing you want is to raise like a Dudley Dursley, like on Harry Potter, where he's counting his presents and he's like, There's only thirty one. Last year I got thirty two. And then they have to promise to buy him two more presents. So now he has thirty three. No, we don't want that. We definitely don't want that. (laughs) So I think you know, I have yeah,
1: be like, Don't you ever say you didn't get enough presents, kid
0: (laughs) No. Or else we just start reducing the number of presents you get. (laughs) But I I do like to think, like, ask myself some questions when I'm trying to buy for Colette or for other kids. But it's like, how much do I think they're going to play with this? How long do I think it's going to last? Is this going to be a thing that she enjoys for a couple of months or a couple of years? You know, when they're done with it, is it something that someone else will be able to use? Like, is it something that's fairly durable so I can, you know, hand it off to someone else later in life? Um, and then also, you know, there's other things that are not, like, solid objects, you know, experiences and things like that. Like, what kind of memories are we building with this gift? You know, is this something that's going to be really good for her? We're actually probably going to buy her, like, a punch pass for this bouldering gym for this Christmas. And that, that'll that make her so happy because we don't go there often enough. Like, she asks to go there quite frequently, but also I think she would ask more if she was thinking about it more and so it's just this idea of like, okay, we're going to do this more this year. We're going to make this happen for you because you love it so much. And that's yeah. like one of those things that's like good for her. She loves it, gets everyone out of the house. Like I, I love those kinds of things so much.
1: Yeah. I think I like that the experiences over the the toys that are going to be broken or in the trash a few months later, um, like, and, and ask your kids too, like, Hey, would you rather do this or would you rather get a thing? And like with Camden for his birthday, it's like, hey, do you want to have a birthday party with your friends? Or do you want to go for the weekend to Sun River and ride bikes and whatever? And he's like, let's go to Sun River. Like, All yeah. right, Last
0: year, Colette, we let her basically decide if we were going to get a puppy or not. We were like, hey, so we're thinking about getting a second dog. We think that our first dog would really like that. And it would be fun to have a, another puppy. <laughs> But realistically, that means, you know, we're probably not going to go on a trip this winter because puppies are a lot of work. And also, you know, like there's a lot of costs associated with getting the puppy, all the original vet bills and all that kind of stuff. And it seemed like a pretty even trade off. So I was like, would you rather get the puppy or would you rather like go on a trip? And she was like, definitely the puppy. Let's get a puppy. (laughs) And it's, it's cool to like be able to involve kids in those kinds of decisions when they get to the point where they, you know, they have some thoughts about it.
1: Yeah. Now when your kids, so, you know, Rochelle and I have relatively young children, but uh, as, as your kids get older and into adulthood, you know, I think the, the communication expectations, what do we need? What do we want? Do we even want to do gifts? Um, but estate planning can come into to play here. You know, there are, uh, you know, folks that want to make significant monetary gifts to their children just because they can and want to help out, but also, like, there are some tax benefits in the long run to reducing the size of your estate, because when you die, if you're worth over a certain amount, the government taxes you, and there's a federal tax, and in some states, there's also a state tax, and you can... Gift, you know, a pretty significant amount in your lifetime um, without any tax implications. So, you know, either we hoard it all until death and then it, some of it becomes taxable when our kids receive it. Or we gradually give them some money over the years and, and you know, then they, they don't have as, as big of an inheritance when we die. But it's, you know, potentially a tax-free inheritance at that point. So um, any one individual is allowed to gift up to $17,000 this year to another individual without any tax ramifications. Or, um, And then next year, I think it's 18000 If you're going to give more than that, you have to fill out a, a gift tax form with your tax return, and then the excess amount above that goes against your lifetime exclusion. So you have an annual exclusion and you have a lifetime exclusion. And as of now, that lifetime exclusion for a married couple is like, 24 million or something, 23, 24 million. It's, it's set to be cut in half in 2025. If, uh, no tax changes are made, um, at that point in time.
0: And that's just federally. There can also be that's some, federally. Yeah. There can be some state tax implications as well.
1: So like in Oregon, if you're worth over a million dollars, anything above that is taxed. And you know, for most of you listening, just, I mean, your house alone is going to be worth more than that. When you die, let alone your 401k life insurance values, etc. um, so yeah, there is a, a real incentive potentially if you have the means to and desire to gift money to your children or charities or whomever. You know, you could you can make some annual gifts uh, and and slowly get rid of some of that money uh, and chip away at, at your your assets um, so that the the bulk of it can be given tax free instead of as a taxable manner.
0: Yep. Yeah, I think um, the one other group of people we were thinking about gifting to is kind of an obvious one, but partners and significant others, and we're not going to tell you what to do. Hopefully you can kind of figure this one out on your own, but it is, I think there's a learning curve there for sure. And a lot of times, I think, especially early on in relationships, we buy gifts out of like a some sort of sense of obligation. And a lot of times your partner doesn't even like them. And that's the worst feeling, you know, like you felt like you needed to buy a present. You tried to find something. You didn't necessarily find exactly that thing that you were looking for, and maybe they don't love it. And I think that that can be really true early on. And now, honestly, like... I've been married for 13 years. I think, Corey, you and Lindsay have been a little less than that, right?
1: Nine. Going on nine.
0: Nine years, yeah. Yeah. Eight and a half. Yeah, and I think by that point, most people have it figured out at least a little bit. And Nick and I, honestly, have settled into, like, let's generally buy each other useful things that we know that we like, that we know that we're going to use, because like you said earlier, Corey, we generally buy the things that we want if we really do want them. And then once in a great while, like, we throw something extra special in there. Like, honestly, I bought my husband a kegerator a couple of years ago, and I feel like that has probably generated enough goodwill for me that I don't need to do anything like that for a while. But <laughs> so mostly it's like just small, useful things. Um, and it, it's special just to have those kinds of things even under the tree, you know, just the the act of unwrapping and. Bundling up in some cute new pajama pants or whatever that are actually useful can be really nice, but maybe that's super boring of me.
1: Yeah, our gifts are very anticlimactic. I guess I don't know. I asked Lindsay, like, "What do you want for your birthday?" She's like, "I already bought it." We're <laughs> so we're at that stage in our relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. You need a new jacket. Just get it and call it a birthday present, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. Um, let's see, charitable giving, we kind of alluded to this earlier, but, you know, holidays aside from, you know, gifting to friends and and family and children, you know, I think helping those that aren't as fortunate as as you, um, especially around the holiday season, we're thinking about what we can do for others and, um, I don't think there's any, you know, right or wrong with any of this stuff. You know, if you feel charitably inclined, great. If not, great. Um, you know, you know there are some ways to find the causes that, that might be beneficial to you or, or what you care about. Um, you know, I think first figure out how much you want to give, whether it's for a toy drive or meals or, or just donations or whatever. And then, you know, it's all going to go to one place. Or you can divide it up amongst multiple places that you feel you know, compelled to to assist, getting the kids involved, I think could be really beneficial, you know, helping pick out the charities or or go to the toy store and let's pick out a toy to give to the toy drive. There's another seven-year-old boy out there that's, you know, not as fortunate as you. And, you know, so let's pick something out that you think he might like, um, and then take him to wherever the the bank or the church or wherever's doing the, the, you know, gathering of the toys and, and donating them. Um, and drop it off so there's uh you know a lot of schools you know do like sock drives or coat drives and things like that so there's plenty of opportunities out there um, you know often like they will come to you or it'll be at the place that you frequent like right in front of our kids school there's a bin for for the stuff to be dropped into so you can't yeah, you know, obviously if they take the bus, you can't drop it, but you can send it with your kid. Hey, when you walk in the front door, put this thing in the bin next to the front door. So, there's uh, you know, the, there definitely are plenty of opportunities there to assist others, um if desired.
0: Yeah, and it can be kind of fun. I feel like it's one of those things that's just much more obvious during the holidays, like lots of um charitable organizations I think do a lot of fundraising this time of year because they know that people are thinking about it more. But one thing that we've done just with our little neighborhood kids and things like that is there's a a local nonprofit that helps support houseless people, and they do a lot of meals and things like that. But during the winter, they also put together what they call, like, winter care kits that have, like, ponchos and emergency blankets and, like, snacks and gloves and all of that kind of stuff. So the last couple of years, we've been putting together the little kits – that they can distribute to people at their organization, which is fun for the kids, you know, to just put together a little bag for someone, knowing that that might help keep them warm or something like that. It's also one of those things that I think we have an inclination to shelter our kids from things like that a little bit. Like, you know, you don't necessarily want them to think about someone that's out there, so it might be something that you want to be more age-appropriate, but with ours, like, she's – Eight, Like she can handle it and she knows that like it's important to try to do what we can or at least in, in our family. Like we've kind of created that expectation a little bit. There's um, a lot of tools out there for evaluating like what you want to give to. So I think Corey, you mentioned that a little bit. There's one called Charity Navigator Online where you can actually search for Um, specific organizations but you can also sort by cause like this is something that we care about as a family this is something that we want to support and then you can find organizations and they they rate them based on like their financial transparency how they use their resources and all of those kinds of things so that you can find a good resource i also think that it can be really helpful sometimes to look very locally You know, so we have like our local buy nothing group where it's really helpful just to get rid of things, which I am a big fan of pre-holiday clean out because, you know, there's going to be new things coming into the house. But rather than bring your stuff to Goodwill or something like that, you can post it in a buy nothing group or in a free group of some kind and say, hey, like we have this available. Does anyone need it? And they will come get your stuff. And it's so local that it feels good to just give to your neighbor, basically. And then, yeah, I think local schools are a great resource. And also when we're thinking about supporting causes, it doesn't have to be monetary gifts or even gifts of items. But even if you have some extra time, like a lot of times organizations are looking for volunteers, even schools, a lot of times are looking for volunteers just to help the kids learn to read or anything like that. It can be as simple as like, you know, sitting with a kid while they're practicing their reading like which is more powerful than you would expect like that can be really huge for kids
1: yeah my mom goes uh, i think once a week to an elementary school and helps read to the kids um yeah i mean i think all all schools have some volunteers that they could use there's also like the food banks you know, especially this time mm-hmm. of year they get a lot of food donations they need help sorting them and packing them and things so like you could find your local food bank and you know, ask about volunteer hours, and they you know have sign-up sheets, and you can go during designated times, and they'll put you to work. Like, all right, we need you know these hundreds of cans of soup sorted and put in these boxes, or we need these you know tons of of rolled oats you know put in you know three-pound plastic bags and and, you know whatever and then put in this bin over here so they can distribute to the various places you know all these pallets of fruit that the grocery store donated you know we need to put them in you know organize them into smaller quantities to to give out to families so there's uh, a plenty of opportunities locally um to to help if you want to you know donate your time rather than uh just buying things so
0: yep Absolutely. And obviously, like, not everyone has that kind of time. That's just one of those things for if you have time, someone will put you to work if you want to do that. <laughs> I think, like, the point of this episode is, long story short, like, don't stretch yourself thin trying to do too much for people because they don't want that either. You know, whether it's your your family or friends, like, they don't want you spending more than you can afford or spending more time and mental energy than you really have to give to to give gifts that they don't necessarily need so if you have the time and the money and the energy to give gifts thoughtfully and give to every person in your circle like that's awesome i think there's some people that really really enjoy that as well and i think that that's fine but you know don't do it for people without thinking about how it's affecting you and whether or not it's really the best use of of everyone's time and resources.
1: I heard a great quote not too long ago as I think about raising kids that kind of holds true with this with, you know, gift giving and spending time with family around the holidays is, is quantity time matters more than quality time. You know, we we focus so much on all right, let's make sure we're we're doing something awesome and memorable, but at the end of the day like you know, if it's your family, they probably just care about spending time with you. It doesn't really necessarily matter what you're doing. So rather than, you know, an alternative to spending all the, the hours shopping for gifts, maybe we just say, hey, forget gifts this year. Let's just go do something cool together, or all hang out for a potluck at the house. You know, and and make that the, you know, the memorable um, activity rather than just coming together for a couple hours to. Uh, you know, exchange gifts, let's just spend the whole day together instead and Mm -hmm. not do the gift giving piece of it. So there's some ideas there.
0: Yep. Yeah. I think that time is definitely more valuable than anything, you know, anything else, maybe a little cheesy, like so many things that we say on this podcast, but but I hope you all enjoy your holidays. I hope that it's wonderful and that it is less Stress. There's always some stress for everyone in some way, but I hope it's not terribly stressful and I hope you enjoy your time.
1: Absolutely. Well, have a good one. We'll see you next time.
0: We would love to hear your feedback and suggestions for future topics you'd like us to cover. You can get in touch with the show by emailing podcast at thefinitygroup.com or by following Finity Group on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Finity Group, LLC.
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Corey Janoff CFP, Instagram at Corey Janoff, or on LinkedIn under my name, Corey Janoff.
0: You can follow me on Twitter at Rochelle Finance or on Instagram Vanderzanden Rochelle or on LinkedIn under my name, Rochelle
1: Vanderzanden. Check out all of the podcast episodes on the slash podcast, on our finity group YouTube channel, or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to check out our Financial Clarity blog at thefinitygroup.com slash blog.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of Financial Clarity for Doctors by Finity Group, LLC.